Hello, I'm Julianne Steinbacher, the founding partner of Steinbacher Goodall and Yurchak, an elder and special needs law firm with offices in Williamsport and State College, Pennsylvania. Prior to being an attorney, I was a social worker in a nursing home, and I saw firsthand the devastating effects that can happen to families who don't plan ahead. As an attorney, I help my clients answer three questions. The first question is, what happens if you die? What do we need to do today to make sure that your assets get to who you want to in the simplest, most cost-effective manner possible? The second question is, what happens if you don't die but get sick? How do we make sure that we protect your assets, protect that family business? And the third question, which is a question that I don't think many professionals, including other elder law attorneys and myself, have done a good enough job addressing. And that question is, what happens if you get Alzheimer's or a related dementia? What do we need to do today to get ready for that? Through this series of videos, we're going to look into that question in association with the Alzheimer's Association. So let's begin. Here with me today is Jeff Dauber, the Education and Outreach Coordinator for the Greater Pennsylvania Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Jeff, it's great to see you. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the chance to partner um, with you on this video series. In this session, we're going to look at navigating through the stages of Alzheimer's disease. Jeff, do you mind telling us a little bit about the stages of Alzheimer's disease? Sure, Julie. When we look at this, we're generally describing them as early, middle, and late. Um, sometimes you may see it as mild, moderate, and severe. You know, so there are three stages. What we talk a little bit about um, before we get into that is what we call mild cognitive impairment. So mild cognitive impairment is a form of dementia that Sometimes it changes into Alzheimer's disease. You know, we don't really know the percentage, and sometimes it doesn't change. Sometimes someone has, could have mild cognitive impairment for the rest of their life, but they have the ability to, you know, to continue to function and take care of themselves. They may just need a little bit of assistance you know, with memory issues or things like that. So we look at the stages of the disease, and we talk about you know, the early stage. And as we talked in the first session, early detection is very important, and early diagnosis is very important as well. Absolutely. You know, and then we get in the second stage of the disease, then, you know, safety becomes a major concern. You know, when should we take the driver's license away? When do they stop, you know, someone from using, you know, dangerous tools or, or things like that? You know, what happens, you know, if someone gets up in the middle of the night and decides to turn the stove on and they have a memory disease so they forget? So then safety becomes an issue there as well. You know, and I know as we kind of, you know, go through, there are other impacts, you know, as well, you know, maybe from a legal standpoint, you know, in that stage of the disease? Absolutely. You know, so with the legal impact, we want to start as soon as possible. But like you said, many people in the beginning, they're not sure if it's just mild cognitive impairment. We always urge people to get a good diagnosis of what's really going on. Is it a true Alzheimer's? Is it some other um, related form of dementia? Um, is it just mild cognitive impairment that's going to stay there? We never know. The sooner that people can start planning, the better, because the more that they're going to be able to be part of that conversation. But, you know, and so sometimes when we're planning, we're doing things like powers of attorneys. We're doing things like trust to protect assets. We're looking at whatever benefits they can access, whether it's veterans benefits, whether it's some in-home care benefits. Pennsylvania, we're really lucky. We have some really good benefits that are out there. People just need to know how to access them. But I think when we get into this, the second stage that you're talking about, what I see a lot in my office is really having a concern for that caregiver. 
who you know often gives up so much. Maybe gives up seeing her own kids' soccer games, or you know allows stress in both their job and their marriage. And so sometimes we want to talk about um, should that caregiver enter into an agreement? Should that caregiver, even if it's a family caregiver, be paid? Should they not? And Jeff, there's no perfect answers about that. What I've learned in my career is that the more that we can talk about that, talk about it with other family members, maybe some that are out of town um, and don't realize the day-to-day -day impact, um, the more that we talk about that, the better. And sometimes we want to formalize the agreement to protect that caregiver. If we decide to pay that caregiver, it's really important that that was formalized into an agreement so that if that person ever goes into a nursing homes and needs any type of medical assistance, that the state won't penalize them for that. And so um, when we get into those mild stages that, I mean, the moderate stages that you were talking about, if we haven't already planned during the mild stages, that's a time we really, really need to plan. Um, and often it's not just the planning for that person that we've talked about before. There are decisions that they get to make, them being part of it. But now we're not just trying to protect that person, but we also might be trying to protect that caregiver, which is so, so important. Yeah, those are great points, Julia. The caregiver stress becomes very much, you know, an impact, you know, as people move through the moderate stage of this disease. How can they get to a support group? How can they get some time for themselves? You know, and so then we get into the end of the disease, then communication becomes, you know, a major issue, mm -hmm. nonverbal communication. How can the families, how can these, uh, there be meaningful connection between the patient and the caregivers as they enter into these final um, uh, stages of the disease? What are some of the things that, that you would suggest, you know, as an as we move through the stages for care planning from an elder law perspective. Absolutely. So first of all, um, we always want a good power of attorney, and that's a document that says for financial, healthcare decisions, end of life decisions, mental health decisions, that we have a good decision maker that we trust, but also that's going to be able to make those decisions. And so sometimes we need a different caregiver, a different power of attorney for financial power of attorneys versus healthcare. Sometimes for healthcare, we need somebody who can not just make decisions, but be an advocate in that world uh, to make sure we're getting the proper care and the best care that we, that we can give. We also want to make sure, you know, basic things are done. Like, do we have a will? Are we sure where this stuff's supposed to go? Who's supposed to inherit it? We also will sometimes use trust um, to help protect cost, um, assets from the cost of care. And we're not necessarily doing that, Jeff, so that we can get a whole bunch of money down to the kid. Sometimes people think that, but that's really uh, you know, an oversimplification of what an elder law attorney does. Really what we want to do particularly is make sure we protect that spouse. If my spouse has Alzheimer's, we don't want to spend all my life savings on their care because I would be left financially compromised. And so the law allows us to take advantage of certain types of planning, um, but unfortunately, the law doesn't do it for yourself. It's only for the families that have planned ahead that are able to get that. That's great stuff to know. Um, so at the association, we're, you know, we have a lot of resources, a lot of services, mm -hmm. you know, support services. We have our helplines and our websites where people can go and find programming. They can find education. We do professional education. We do conferences, you know, we do a lot of community education. So we're all about awareness, getting the word out, you know, so we can reduce that stigma. So we can get more and more people coming into the offices. As you had stated, you're seeing more folks come forward. And I think if more folks are coming forward early, we're trying to do a better job of getting that awareness out there. I know in my own family situation, even though I was an attorney, an elder law attorney, um, one, my family didn't necessarily want to listen to me. And so the Alzheimer's Association was really helpful um, in having somebody that was able to explain to the family members 
uh, what were the decisions and what were the community resources. And so one of the things that we want to think about is um, how can you um, access more information? And one way, uh, we have a website, www.paeldercouncil.com. That is my law firm website, which we have attached a whole bunch of information, particularly about Alzheimer's. Um, there's some podcasts on there. There's a, there's a guide to care. Um, anything that can be downloaded for you to be able to gather information as you want it. The other thing that we have is the planningandprotecting.com site, and that's a site of attorneys across the nation um, providing information about planning and protecting for the second half of life with a special section um, called the Alzheimer's Project um, where information is available to you. But Jeff, I also know the Alzheimer's Association has some great resources. Yeah, well, we're here at the Alzheimer's Association. We're here to listen. One of our main ways to contact us is through our 24-7 helpline, so it's one 800 272-3900, or we have a lot of information on our website, which is alz.org. We hope you've enjoyed this video session. Uh, we're here to help you get the information you need when confronting a disease such as Alzheimer's.